Hey, survivors. You are listening to the Survival Brothers Podcast. We're two brothers trying to help each other prepare for an uncertain future. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to the Survival Brothers Podcast. This is episode 50. My name is Ethan, and with me, as always, is my older brother, Blair. How you doing, Blair? I'm doing good, bro. Good. How's uh, the baby? How's life? Uh, keeping me busy. Um, not a whole lot's going on. I had an old army buddy come to visit, and that was that was a good time. Nice. See uh, a listener of the podcast. Did he know you were doing a podcast? I think he knows. I don't. I don't think he's very interested in listening, but that's okay. Yeah, I see. Not how it is. I remember going on a hike with you and him a long time ago in Oregon. It was a good time. Yeah. But uh, yeah, my son just my seven month old just started. We just started feeding him more solid foods more often, and. Uh, well, still not really solid foods, but actual food. And uh, we thought it might help him sleep through the, night, through the night better, and he's still not sleeping through the night. He still wakes up two or three times a night. So maybe he'll uh, – I think as soon as our second son started walking is when he started sleeping through the night. So we still may have a while. What age was he walking? He started walking 10 or 11 months. It was pretty early. Our daughter was like 13 or 14 months. So, uh-huh. yeah, but uh, our baby is just barely sitting up now and not really full crawling yet, but pretty much there. Cool. Yeah, my, my little girl's been able to roll over from the back to the front for a while now. Uh, but just today I set her down on her tummy and she, I came back like like 10 or 15 seconds later, and she was on her back. I was like, whoa, okay. Nice. You need to start watching her a little bit more closely, or else she's going to start rolling all over the place. Yeah, that's how they get around sometimes. They just roll, try to get to places. That's funny. Well, we are talking about uh, first aid today. Just kind of a basic uh, overview of kind of what you should have in your home first aid kit. Uh, we're definitely not uh, full experts on first aid, but we kind of uh, you know, think it's something that's important and something we haven't really discussed much in the past. Yeah, especially you know when you got kids, it's important they they get into stuff, they fall down, they cut themselves. They they're still learning, you know, what stuff is dangerous and and how to control their you know hands and and whatnot. So it's good to have a good a good first aid kit. Yeah. This doesn't need first aid, but uh, we do have a hardwood floor now where we used to have all carpets in our living area. But yeah, our new place has hardwood floor and our, our baby's still getting used to the hardwood, you know, rolling over. Sometimes he'll kind of lean up and then roll over and he'll bonk his head a little bit. So it <laughs> uh, doesn't quite need first aid, but we've got to learn from our mistakes. Yeah. Well, um, see where to begin. Actually, real quick, I have a a small prepper rant I was thinking about this week that I just remembered. Uh, I was listening to a a different podcast and they were kind of talking about um, process over results type type things like 
you know, if you're if you're playing Russian roulette, and this is kind of an extreme example, but this is actually what they were talking about. If you um, if you play Russian roulette and you don't kill yourself, does that mean it was a success? Or, or is, was, does that mean it was a, a smart decision to do what you did? And sorry, this is probably completely off topic, but it just got me thinking about like being a prepper and, and how, you know, we might not see the, the results of a lot of the preps, a lot of the things that we prepare for, but that still doesn't mean the process is bad of prepping, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, you can get away with, you know, not being prepped for years and, you know, somehow survive and get by, but you know, you could always do better. Yeah. There's still always that chance that something is going to happen. And, and so if you're prepared for that thing, you're, you're much better off compared to just kind of getting lucky or, you know, just not those things not happening to you. And, and hopefully, you know, bad things never happen, but I think just being prepared is, is the right process. Even if you don't see the results right away. For sure. For sure. And I, I don't know, to me, it just makes me have a, a peace of mind and, um, you know, helps me to, to feel better about, you know, what could happen. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not the greatest rant, but just a thought, I guess that, uh, that I thought about this week. Yeah. I think there's another, another word for that or another concept of that is called like survivorship bias. You know, people think because they, they survived, they got through, they did the right thing. I might right. be putting that concept wrong, but no, I think that, I think that's applicable. Like, you know, I think that that's a good concept for a lot of things, you know, just because something turned out okay, doesn't mean it was the right decision. Um, so yeah, I just always have to think of all the possibilities and, and think through everything. Cool. Well, one more thing before we forget, um, let's tell everyone about our, our Patreon. Yeah. Um, if you would like to support this podcast, if you feel like you get some value out of it, um, we just ask you to check out our Patreon. It's $3 a month or about 75 cents an episode. And just last Saturday, I uploaded the first part of a, a short story that I think um, is a little bit entertaining, maybe not great, but interesting at least. And then I'm also trying to add some prepping knowledge in there too, just to, to give you something to think about. Um, so check it out. Let me know if you like it, if you, if you want to hear more. Um, if you think it's interesting, if you think it's terrible, let me know. You don't have to, to be nice, um, but check it out. Yeah. We've got, uh, quite a, you know, a few articles on here. There's some fixed blade recommendations. Um, you know, we had a password, uh, internet security episode a while back with our other brother. Um, we have some information on that on there. We've got some backpack information, bug at bag information, um, and some other uh, articles on there that are pretty cool about three or four other ones. So yeah, check that out and then check us out also on social media. We're on uh, Twitter, which is at serve bros pod. We're on Instagram at survival brothers podcast. And now we've actually joined uh, and started a parlor account. If you haven't heard of parlor, it's a uh, censorship free, uh, or at least it's claimed to be a censorship, censorship free uh, platform. So we're there at, at Survival Brothers Podcast as well. So follow us there and uh, 
we appreciate those follows and liking, liking and subscribing the podcast. And again, yeah, we'd appreciate if you uh, support us on Patreon as well. For sure. Well, um, so first aid. Everyone should have a really well-stocked first aid kit in your home. Um, do you got a first aid kit, Ethan? Uh, we do. Uh, definitely not a full uh, a full size one. That's definitely something that I have neglected. Um, just hasn't really come up, uh, but it's something that I will be looking into right away. Yeah, I'm not going to to put out a whole like list on this podcast of every single item that you would need in a first aid kit. Um, but I'd like to, to talk about some concepts just to, to really optimize your first aid kit and, um, and make, make it so that it's available for you and, and, and you can use it. Yeah. Um, yeah. There are, and there are some things that you're, you know, you'll need more than other people. Uh, you know, people, you know, if you know you are allergic to bees, for instance, you know, you make sure you have an EpiPen, you know, but that's not something that everybody would absolutely need in their, their first aid kit. So spe- you can, uh, we're not going to specify for every single situation, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a good point. Um, so first of all, I think you need to have a place in your house where everybody knows where it's at, where it's accessible you know, a centralized location. You don't have to go to the other end of the house. You don't have to dig through stuff. Um, you don't have to look for it. It, it should be in a, a really accessible location. So that's that's the first thing I would I would think about is, is where are you going to put it? And it's always going to be in the same place and it's not going to, you know, be buried by other stuff or you're not going to, you know, put stuff on top of it or, you know, put Chris, Christmas decorations on it, then you, you can't find it when you need it. Yeah. Um, that's a good point. Yeah. If something happened to me or my wife where, you know, if my wife is putting pressure on a wound for me, you know, she can tell my daughter to go get it. And if it's, as long as it's in a place like that, where she knows our, you know, our seven year old daughter's perfectly capable of going and grabbing something. So, um, but yeah, if it's something that's, she would have to dig around for or something that she's not exactly sure where it is, I, you know, those few minutes might make a difference. For sure. For sure. Time is of the essence. You don't want to be scrambling or, or anything. And that brings up kind of the second point. You should get a container or a bag for your first aid kit that is organized and that keeps everything visible. What I mean, what I mean by that is, is you shouldn't have to like dig through your first aid kit, wondering where each you know item is. It should all, if you, when you, as soon as you open the bag up, you should be able to see every component that's in there. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So I, like I work a lot with, uh, EMTs like in the fire department and in like the ambulance and they have a really cool bag. It's probably, I don't know, two feet by two feet or two feet by 18 inches, something like that. You set it on the ground, you, you zip it open and it's, everything is in there you know, in different compartments and, and you can find a bag like this on Amazon, just search like EMS bag or EMT bag. Um, but yeah, the important thing is you want to be able to, to see everything in there. And, and it's, it's a lot different than like some of the commercial ones you might buy. You know, if you go to target or Walmart, you get a first aid kit 
a lot of the time stuff is just kind of stuffed in there and um, not very organized. So that's kind of my second tip. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen a, like a bigger first aid kit at a store, you know, they are usually pretty, pretty compact and they're, you know, trying to fight for shelf space and all that. So it might not be the most ideal product. Yeah. Yeah. I would get something big. If you buy one at Walmart, you might get one of those little, you know, those little plastic boxes uh, with band band-aids and uh, you know, ibuprofen in it. And those are good to have around. But um, if you really want to be prepared for a wider range of situations, I would get just a really big, like actual EMT bag. Um, that's, let's see. Yeah. That just, it makes a lot of sense to have something bigger because there's a lot of items that we're uh, going to go over and there's a lot of room or there's a lot of space for uh, what you're going to need. Yeah. And you might even, you know, you might put stuff in there that you know how to use. You might put stuff in there that you don't necessarily know how to use yet, but you know, if you're continually learning, you can maybe go to a class or do some, some study on your own to, to know how to use, you know, a wider variety of, of first aid supplies. Um, and you might have to grow that as you go. Like you learn something new, you learn how to use a specific product, like, um, like a, a Sam splint, you know, for splinting broken legs and broken limbs and stuff. You know, you might not uh, have that in there when you first build your first aid kit, but then you learn how to use it and you want to be able to add that to their, to your kit. Yeah. And for some things that uh, you might want to put in your first aid kit, having some kind of instructions or, or reference guide to what, um, what's in there. If it's something that's not quite as common that way, if other people need to use it, they can maybe pull that reference guide out and see what, uh, what to do, uh, at least have some kind of basic understanding of what it does. That's a really good idea. Yeah. And it's something you should practice like with your family. You could make it a, um, an evening activity, um, show them which, which items you have in there, you know, even open stuff up and, and pretend to, um, you know, bandage up a wound or pack, pack a wound with gauze, something like that. Um, just get the family involved. And, uh, I think they'll, they'll remember that by actually doing it and, using having the hands-on learning yeah for sure and most kids would enjoy doing that i mean there's toy doctor kits all that are uh, always popular so having a real one and going over it would be i think fun for kids yeah yeah if you've got maybe if you've got older stuff that's you know expired or or opened you could use that stuff for practice as well yeah so what are some of the things that you would want in your first aid kit uh, outside of kind of the obvious, you know, bandages, uh, alcohol, uh, antibiotic, go uh, triple antibiotic type things? Um, the first thing I would look at is, is you get some disposable uh, gloves, nitrile gloves. Um, latex gloves are, a lot of people are allergic to that. So you don't want to, cause another reaction or another problem while you're trying to help someone. So get some nitrile gloves um, and make sure they're like a light color, like a light blue or a white. Don't get like black or dark, dark blue. 
because if you're checking someone for wounds, you know, when you're like um, checking them out, you want to be able to see if you have blood on your hands. Well, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's a tip. Make sure you have a light color gloves. Yeah, I would not have thought of that. Um, the second thing you're going to make sure you need is a pair of shears or first aid scissors. Um, there are times when you might have to cut clothing off people instead of trying to move them to take off, you know, a jacket or pants or something, depending on what kind of injuries they have. Uh, sometimes the easiest thing to do is just cut stuff off. Yeah. And that's not something you're going to want to use just like your pocket knife for, um, because you don't want to accidentally cut into the patient. Um, so the, the shears that are made for EMTs, they've got like a blunt rounded tip so that as you're cutting stuff off, you're not, you know, cutting into their skin. Yeah, for sure. You never know what could be swelling. You know, if, if even if it's just an, a, an ankle that's swelled up pretty bad and, um, you know, I know, I know my wife likes to wear uh, skinny jeans and tight jeans a lot. So it'd be hard to, to pull off some, something over a really swollen ankle or swollen leg. Yeah, that's a good point. So, um, then. Okay. I admit it. I wear skinny jeans. Okay. It was me. <laughs> it's you. No, I'm just joking. No, you got those muscle shirts where it's, you know. <laughs> exactly. Like two sizes too small so you can look like you're tough. I know. That's right. That's right. Um, so then we'll just kind of go through some of the major, you know, problems you might encounter. Um, I'm not going to talk about really like the trauma stuff. Well, I, I guess we could talk a little bit about it, but a lot of that stuff requires some, some more training. So like, I guess we'll just get that out of the way first. The major, major trauma stuff is like major arterial bleeding. Um, for that, you're going to want a tourniquet. Um, there's nothing else that really works as well. You could, I think we talked about last time, maybe in, improvising something and that's just, that's just not going to work as well. And it's just so much easier to have a tourniquet on hand. Yeah. Um, make sure you, you get one that is, that's a good tourniquet, not like some knockoff. So get, uh, there's something called the cat tourniquet, a combat application tourniquet. And there's another one called the soft T. Um, both of those are ones that I've used in the past and they work really well. Um, I would just, I would just basically stick to those two. And if you have some other kind of tourniquet, you could just use that as like a backup or something. Yeah, definitely good to have. Um, next for um, trauma, let's see. A lot of the stuff just requires extra training, but you could get something like a chest seal. Um, you could get uh, a, a nasopharyngeal airway, which is like a to keep a nostril open when they have some sort of like throat injury or, or mouth injury. Um, quick clot for clotting, uh, bleeding in areas like joint uh, joints or places where you can't put a tourniquet on. Uh, quick clot is a, a clotting agent that uh, kind of helps the blood to coagulate and, and stop coming out. Um, they make it now where it's like, the clotting agent or the powder is like impregnated into a Z fold gauze. So the Z fold gauze, you pull it out and it's like folded up already. And you can just use that to like pack wounds. 
So that's good to have. Yeah. There's a few other trauma items that are just really, you know, training intensive. I would encourage everyone to get a, go to a class. Um, there's a, there's a class, uh, called T triple C tactical combat casualty care. And that's where you're going to learn a lot of the stuff, uh, for massive hemorrhage. You're going to learn uh, CPR, um, how to, how to deal with like that really, really bad emergency trauma stuff. So it's, it's not something that we can really get too much into. So just keep in mind, you're going to need some trauma supplies and they should be the, the supplies that are the most accessible, like right on top or right, you know, on the outside of the bag, uh, maybe in a, like a separate little bag that you can open up real quick. Yeah, make a tree that and know what you're doing with them is could be very important. Yeah. So next we'll just get into bleeding, like um, not quite so serious bleeding, but still like it could lead to a big problem if you don't get it taken care of. So you're going to want lots and lots of bandages, um, four by four bandages, uh, four by six, five by nine, just big bandages that you can press on top of a wound and just hold the direct pressure on there um, until the bleeding stops. So you don't want to, you know, run out of those. So have plenty of those. And then you'll want something to kind of like to, to wrap on there to give pressure. So you don't have to sit there and hold it. So um, like a bandage or some, some kind of like stretchy bandage, maybe a rolled gauze, something like that, like that that you can wrap around and uh, keep those bandages tight on there and keep the pressure on. Yeah. So that's, um, that's bleeding. Can you think of anything else that you really need for bleeding? No, just, uh, I mean, with all wounds, I guess, making sure they're clean. Um, so I have things to clean them out before you put something more permanent on some kind of more permanent bandage or, um, yeah, but nothing else that I can think of. Yeah. Yeah. You'll definitely want to clean wounds, especially if it's like, you know, you get a, a scrape where your kid's got a bunch of dirt in there. You know, you'll want to use some kind of like a, a saline flush or like a squeeze bottle of some kind where you can wash it out. But if it's bleeding pretty good, you don't really need to worry about washing it because the blood is, is coming out. It's not, nothing's going in there you know if the blood is, is still coming out yeah so yeah for those bigger emergency type situations yeah just the focus should definitely be on stopping the bleeding first before making sure it's clean yeah and, and those bandage bandages that you have in there will be sterile so you could just you know pop those out and throw them on there apply direct pressure um and just real quick with with the tourniquet going back to the tourniquet you're only going to use that if you've got arterial bleeding it's it's bright red it's kind of spurting out with your pulse um you'll know you'll know because it's i think the blood is just going to be crazy it's going to be coming out a lot so um i mean as soon as you find the wound if if, as soon as you get the clothes out of the way you'll see it splurt it's spurting out you'll see it coming out really fast if it's just oozing out if it's not you know spurting out you could still put a tourniquet on if you're going to get them to a hospital, but it's, it's not necessary. 
Right. Um, so let's talk about um, some medications you'll want to have in there. Um, aspirin and ibuprofen are good ones for um, pain relief, reducing swelling and inflammation and fever. Um, actually, aspirin, ibuprofen, sorry. I didn't say acetaminophen, did I? No, yeah. So Tylenol, which is acetaminophen. Yeah, Tylenol doesn't help with swelling or inflammation. That's that's more the ibuprofen and the, the aspirin. So you'll want to kind of know the difference between those. They There's a lot of crossover. Like you can use all three of those for pain. Um, but... All three are fe- fever reducers, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, some people will have trouble with ibuprofen, like it'll hurt their stomach, especially if you're you're given a lot of it. So that's where kind of where the Tylenol comes in. Yeah, um, if you're taking ibuprofen on a regular basis, you should be taking it with food or milk, because um, it yeah it can be hard on your stomach. I I knew somebody in high school even, and she was. Um, had stomach issues from taking ibuprofen too often. Yeah. Yeah. You should always try and go for the lowest dose, you know, possible that just to get the job done. Um, some other medications in there, uh, Benadryl for like an allergic reaction. Yeah. That's a big one. You're, you're allergic to some stuff, right? Yeah. I haven't had, I used to get hives somewhat, frequently, but I haven't had hives for years, uh, but they would just kind of be random. And I'm not sure if it was a food, uh, came on from food or from like a, a laundry detergent, or I'm not sure what it ever was, but it would happen probably once or twice a year. Um, but yeah, having, getting Benadryl in as soon as they start to come on makes a huge difference compared to once they're fully on and just can make life miserable for a few hours. Oh yeah. yeah. And then there's, then there's a few things that I'm, uh, food allergies that I'm allergic to. There's only been one instance that I've ever felt like my throat was affected and I'm not even sure what it was. I pulled some food out of a, or some fruit out of a, uh, fruit, uh, like a Walmart fruit, mixed fruit arrangement. And so I'm not sure exactly what it was in there. I think it was like papaya, but I've never had it since and never had it before. So, okay. uh, yeah, having Benadryl definitely helps. And that's and another thing with Benadryl is if you're, if you, um, cut it up or if you like crush it a little bit, it's going to work a lot faster. Um, cause it's your body's not going to have to digest that whole pill. Uh, or if you have a liquid form of Benadryl, that would work, work as well. And that's just, that's probably just any medicine. It's going to work faster if you crush it up. Yeah, crush it up and uh, make a little line on the desk and snort it. <laughs> Never done that, but uh, would that work? I don't know. I don't even know how that works, but I would assume that. Well, no, I would not recommend that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it would work or not. I mean, it, it should get it to your bloodstream, right? I mean, that's how. Is that how Coke works? I think so. I, I guess that would Coke. I guess that would make sense. I've heard you put some stuff under your tongue, and I don't know if that gets into your bloodstream or not. But I'm very, uh, we're very 
inexperienced with drugs, I think. So uh, just put it in your mouth and swallow it, people. Yeah. It's a- or stir if you crush it up, you know, I've stirred Benadryl into like a water uh, after it's crushed up just so it um, gets digested quicker and into wherever it needs to go. And if your throat was swelling up, you'd, you wouldn't want to try and swallow like a whole capsule or anything. That's true. Yeah, it would be much better to smash it up. Yeah. Well, um, again, we don't want to go too long on here, but um, have some medications for digestive issues, um, uh, diarrhea, anti-diarrheal stuff, uh, Pepto-Bismol, um, the other uh, ones escaping me right now. Uh, like Alka-Seltzer or Tums? Um, no, the, the pill that's for diarrhea. Oh, is it Imodium? Imodium, yeah. Yeah, definitely get some Imodium. Especially in a survival situation, you don't want to be like um, having diarrhea and losing all those fluids, and, and uh, that would be really bad. So have some Motrin and some, some uh, Pepto-Bismol. Yeah. Speaking of like dehydration, just real quick, um, there's, I just found out about, there's like these, there's a way, I don't know if it's new technology or not technology, but there's, there's stuff that you can mix in. It's almost like a Gatorade powder, uh, only it's not Gatorade and can actually, it helps increase your hydration like scientifically. And now I don't know what it's called on the top of my head, but, uh, well, if it's science, I'm not going to argue with that. Yeah, I, I believe in science. Yeah. No, I'm trying to remember what it's some kind of hydration uh, mix. I it's should look at lights. Yeah, I've heard some advertisements for, for stuff like that. That would be Oh, Liquid IV, I think is the brand, is one of the brands. But it's more than just Gatorade. It's like a and we're not a sponsor, obviously, but uh, we uh, I've heard that it actually scientifically just makes you or keeps the or retains water uh, to keep you hydrated better. Okay, so, cool. So that might be a good idea if you are getting, if you are uh, dehydrated and um, need to get hydrated quicker. Yeah, yeah. Check it out. Um, let's see. So um, let's talk about like swelling and stuff like that. You might want to have some cold packs, like one of those things that you break and chemically they get cold. Yeah. Um, that's probably that science like, as well. Yeah. I think, I think that's based on science. Nice. Um, but yeah, you want to, if you have some type of injury, like a sprain or a strain, the first thing you want to do is get ice on that. Yeah. Definitely of course, in your house, hopefully you'll have, you'll have some ice in the freezer as well, but, but cold packs are good to have. Yeah. Well, and you might, you never know, you might be grabbing your first aid kit if you're head, headed out, uh, Somewhere, if it's in a convenient bag, you might throw it in your truck before you go out on a, a hike or something. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, speaking of like emergency stuff, if you have to to do CPR on someone, you might want to have some type of type of a mask or barrier to uh, to give them CPR without without having to touch their mouth. Yeah. Now I know that that like the most recent medical 
advice is not to to give breaths at all, but just to give chest compressions. Um, you just want to keep on giving them chest compressions at uh, a rate of over 100 um, chest compressions per minute. And, you know, call 911 and have someone uh, come and, and take over with like, you know, machines and stuff. Yeah. And, but then there's other cases where someone might still have their heart beating, but they're not breathing. In that case, you want to have to breathe for them. So having some type of type of a barrier so you don't have to, to put your mouth on theirs, that would be good. Yeah, for sure. And then, um, see, dealing with uh, broken bones, you want to have some, some supplies to splint them just to keep them immobile while you're getting them somewhere else. Um, so there's there's a pretty cool product called a SAM splint and it's like foam. And then inside the foam, there's some type of like wire mesh so that it holds its shape and you can like kind of form it into like a U shape and uh, just wrap that kind of partially around a limb and then, you know, tie it down with, with uh, cravats or triangle bandages and, um, and just keep that limb from moving. Nice. And then you could also use those triangle bandages for making a sling. If you know, someone has a shoulder injury or an arm injury. So those are good to have as well. Yeah. I'm sure you've seen that in the movies uh, or maybe in real life where you know, people have their shoulders slung up or arms slung up. Yeah. Always, slung seems like, always seems to have an arm and a sling and like a head, head bandage. Yeah. Um, so just last few things. Um, if someone has cuts, you want to keep those closed, keep them clean. Um, if you don't know how to suture, just get something called a Steri strips. And those are just used as like kind of like a piece of tape to, to keep the wound, wound closed. So I'd have some of those in there. Um, again, I'm sure we're forgetting like a bunch of stuff, but this is something, you know, you, know, you can keep building on as you gain more knowledge. So just get a big, you know, a big container, like we said, a big EMT bag and, um, and start filling that up. Yeah. Just kind of random stuff that should probably always be close, at least like, you know, um, I know there's medical tape, but also like duct tape, um, like paracord, other kind of stuff like that would probably, uh, be good to have handy in some situations. Yeah, duct tape's always handy, for sure. Um, is there anything else that you can think of that you want to talk about for a general first aid kit? No, just kind of, yeah, always be looking. And there's all kinds of resources online that you can kind of look through. Um, lists, different lists that different people have put together and kind of pick and choose what you think is most relevant to you in your situation. Yeah. Well, um, normally towards the end of the episode, we'll have a prepper product of the week. I was thinking maybe we should switch it to a prepper tip of the week. Just give people, you know, a little bit more knowledge. Yeah. And we could throw a product in there every once in a while too, but um, I don't know. I like to have a little tip sometimes that doesn't necessarily fit in with the episode, but you know, something I've been thinking about. Yeah. I think uh, we will all enjoy that. What's your tip this week? So I was 
I've been thinking about this for a while, but if you have flashlights or headlamps or any radios, anything like that, do not store them with alkaline batteries in there. Um, the alkaline batteries will at some point leak and start corroding uh, the inside of your de your device. So that's my tip for this week. As, as always, if you have uh, lithium batteries, you can store those in there, but um, alkaline batteries, make sure you take them out after you're um, done using them and store them separately. Good to know. Yeah, hey. I've had it happen over. I've had it happen enough times now that I've I'm finally like learning the lesson. I'm I'm kind of slow like that, but well, maybe it's because you got some battery acid on your uh, head or something when you put a headlamp on. Maybe, yeah. Ruin. That would explain. That would explain a lot of things. Indeed, indeed. Do you have a liberty quote for us today? I do. So this is from uh, Cicero, Roman dude. The evil was not in the bread and circuses per se, but in the willingness of the people to sell their rights as free men for full bellies and the excitement of the games, which would serve to distract them from other human hungers, which bread and circuses can never appease. I like that. Yeah, I was, I was hearing someone talk about that recently. That's a interesting information, uh, what was going on back then. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're getting similar things, but in different forms. So. All right. Well, we appreciate everyone listening. Uh, please uh, rate and review the podcast on Apple and on Stitcher. And we will, uh, we appreciate that. And we will talk to you next week. Yeah. Take nothing for granted. <laughs>